Welcome, everyone, to a special edition episode of The Breakdown. And we're doing this episode because the last, well, I mean, I think we can probably safely call it 36 hours in Alberta politics, have been some of the most dramatic that the province has ever seen. Uh, Certainly in the recent history, it is definitely some of the most dramatic events that we've ever seen. But in order to put those events in context, as well as to try to make a little bit of sense of them, before we get into that, we wanted to talk a little bit about how did we get here? So it's important to realize that when we're talking about the leadership review and Jason Kenney and the decisions that were announced today, this all started quite some time ago. Um, it was in well before the 2019 election that Jason Kenney came back to Alberta and he announced that he was going to be uh, pursuing a vision of merging all of the conservative parties that existed in Alberta, predominantly the Wild Rose and the Progressive Conservative Party. This was a task that many people looked at and they weren't sure whether or not he was going to be able to accomplish it. And there have since been a lot of questions that had co- have come out of that endeavor because it definitely appears that some of the tactics that were used were deeply, deeply questionable, if not straight out illegal. We know that the RCMP is still doing an investigation into all of the things that happened in the UCP leadership race that saw a kamikaze campaign uh, run by Jeff Calloway. Uh, go after Brian Jean in order to clear the the runway, if you will, for Jason Kenney to become the leader of this new entity, the United Conservative Party. Now, there were a lot of people who raised a lot of concerns at the time, even about the idea of putting together these two parties, predominantly because when we talk about the spectrum of conservatism that exists in Alberta, and we've certainly had this highlighted over the last couple of years with COVID-19, we're talking about a spectrum that ranges all the way from what some people might call red Tories, uh, progressive conservatives, so people who are uh, very socially progressive, but at the same time are, are much more cautious when it comes to spending taxpayer dollars. Uh, so it starts at that end, and then it goes all the way over to the anti-vax, anti-mask, uh, COVID-19 immunizations are just a way to get free 5G still waiting for my signal meter on that one um and it runs that whole spectrum and so to contain so many different viewpoints the only way that jason kenny could do it at the time was to say you know what None of this other stuff matters. We have differences of opinion. We have differences of belief. We have differences between rural and urban. And none of those things matter because the only thing that matters is defeating the NDP. Because the NDP at that point had been in government for a couple of years and they had come in at the end of the conservative dynasty, a dynasty that had lasted. I'm pulling from memory here, but I believe it was 47 years conservatives had been in power in the province of Alberta and Albertans because partially of a vote split between the progressive conservative and the wild rose, but also because there was a whole bunch of scandals that the PCs were trying to navigate. Um, Albertans voted in the NDP for four years. And so Jason Kenney came in and he said, we got to get rid of the NDP. They're the socialist menace and they are very bad for reasons. Um, And that's how he bridged those 
that wide spectrum of conservatism in Alberta. That's how he brought the PCs, the old PCs and the old Wild Rose together under one roof with the clearly stated goal of only defeating the NDP. The problem came in, though, when he actually did. So in 2019, Jason Kenney did, Jason Kenney and the UCP did defeat the NDP. They did form government. And then they started to roll out policies. And these policies were not reflective in many ways of the viewpoints that existed within the United Conservative Party. There were many people who watched a lot of their policy proposals that they put forward at their AGMs uh, in horror. And there are famous periods where MLAs stood up and said, this will be the lake of fire all over again. If we pursue these policies, we cannot pursue these policies. But they started to enact a lot of these policies. And that made a lot of the grassroots members of the UCP very, very angry. Worse, though, it's long been said that one of the cardinal sins, one of the worst things a politician can do in Alberta is to suggest through action or through words that they're better than the voters, that they're above the rules. Albertans have never tolerated that for any length of time. And yet, as we saw through the first couple of years of Jason Kenney's government, he only had a year, really, in fairness, before COVID hit. But even in that year, his promises of restoring decorum to the legislature were very quickly evaporating as he was handing out earplugs to his MLAs as NDP MLAs were trying to speak to their points in the legislature in Alberta. It's worth noting that the legislature has also been I would argue, abused in a lot of ways since the UCP came to power, because one of the other things that they did is they started to use it as platforms for PACs. We saw the signs for Canada Action, which is an organization that has deep ties to the UCP. We saw those signs being put up in the windows of the legislature, effectively free advertising for this PAC in the windows of the legislature. This is something that has never happened before. And in fact, there's very strict rules in this legislature in regards to what kind of air quotes branding you can put up there or you can even wear there. And the UCP seemed to, under Mr. Kenny's leadership, disregard almost all of those norms. And then came COVID-19. And this is where we really saw the divide in those conservative opinions really start to show. Because on one hand... You had conservative figures who believed that it was appropriate to take appropriate public health measures. And then you had other ones who didn't believe in the severity of the virus. Mr. Kenny stood up in the legislature himself and called it nothing more than a flu, while at the same time as making what can only be interpreted as an offhand crack about effectively, well, it's the old ones that are going to die anyways. Tragically, not only was it the old ones the ones who had reached their maximum life expectancy, but all age ranges saw fatalities as we went through and continue to go through, I might add, COVID-19. And because there were some MLAs and some people inside the United Conservative Party who did not believe that COVID was as severe as we have now since seen that it was, there were a lot of people who looked at public health restrictions and said, you know what? 
I don't believe in this. You're 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 messing with my freedoms here. And this is supposed to be the party of personal freedoms. We're supposed to be able to make our own decisions. And you're coming in with all of these health orders saying that we have to wear masks and that we have to limit the sizes of our gatherings and that we have to follow all of these rules that we've never had to follow before because nobody has really lived through a pandemic with the kind of response that we've seen here. This was all very, very new. And unfortunately, the way that Mr. Kenny seemed to have chosen to navigate that was to, at times, make it seem like the situation wasn't that bad. We saw this repeatedly in the legislature. And most of all, perhaps most damaging, we saw that through the behavior of his MLAs. And we saw that through the behavior of his staff. And we saw that through the behavior of Mr. Kenny himself. When we were first entering COVID, there were all sorts of travel restrictions that were put in place. And Mr. Kennedy and the UCP government said to Albertans, it's Christmas and it sucks so much, but we need you to stay at home. And then we saw multiple UCP MLAs disregard that advice. We saw multiple UCP staffers traveling internationally. And Mr. Kenny's reaction at the time was to go, well, you know, I didn't explicitly say that they couldn't travel. I didn't explicitly make an edict. It's, you know, that's just unfortunate. I'll, 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 do, I'll do that edict now. Nobody took responsibility. Only a couple of people faced any public consequences. There was one minister who had to step down. And it kept going from there. And as I said earlier, the number one cardinal sin that you cannot commit against Albertans in politics is to say that you're better than them, to say that you don't have to follow the rules. So when the pictures broke of Jason Kenney and multiple members of his cabinet sitting on the roof of the Sky Palace, called the Sky Palace because it's a symbol of entitlement because Premier Allison Redford had put towards a tremendous budget towards renovating it and turning it into an apartment suite for her and her daughter. Now, it's important to clarify that that apartment suite, that luxury apartment suite, never happened. So it's a series of offices. But nonetheless, it remains a symbol for many Albertans who remember the Redford years, who remember the entitlement of the Redford years. And to see Jason Kenney sitting on the deck of the Sky Palace, no masking, no social distancing, doing all of the things that regular Albertans could not. That's what really started to light the fire. And so we saw beginning in 2021, which is really only a year and a half into Mr. Kenny's tenure, there were rumblings of constituency associations who were starting to look at ways to use the UCP constitution and the UCP bylaws in order to force an early leadership review. We started hearing reports of this in early 2021. And we saw, as a province, we saw more and more constituencies publicly coming out and saying, this isn't okay. This behavior isn't okay. We're adding our name to the list. And when it came time for the UCP AGM last year, there were 22 constituencies that had signed up that had added their names to the list to say that they wanted an early leadership review. 
Now, the party tried to cut that off. And again, when we're talking about problems with uh, perceptions of entitlement, when we're talking about problems with perceptions of you think you're better than me, for the UCP to come around and say, oh, yeah, totally said 22 constituency associations required. We're actually going to put a motion forward, though, at our, our AGM from 2021 uh, that's going to change that limit. We're going to bump it up to 29. So it wasn't about holding Mr. Kenny accountable. It certainly wasn't about having those conversations. More than anything, it was about moving the goalposts so the power of the Premier of Alberta could not be questioned. The power of the leader of the UCP could not be called into question. That vote at the UCP AGM, though, didn't reach the threshold that it needed to make those changes. And so we saw in December of 2021, the UCP quietly announced after a board meeting that they would be having a special general meeting in order to do a UCP leadership review. They set the date for it. They announced the terms. They said that it was going to be an in-person meeting in Red Deer. It was going to be one person, one vote. And the expectation was, if you wanted to vote in the leadership review, you would get yourself to Red Deer. There was a $100 cost for the tickets, and that was the plan. Now, while all of this was also going on, one of the other things that we saw was the UCP began to nominate candidates. But the way that they approached those nominations, many UCP members found profoundly hypocritical because they disqualified some members based on statements that had occurred Years ago, some of them had occurred, and then those people who were seeking the nominations had actually been put into very high-profile positions in the UCP. So it wasn't a problem when these people were taking over the high-profile positions of the UCP. But all of a sudden, now that they're running against incumbents, now that they're running against people who are on, for lack of a better term, Team Kenny, now all of a sudden, now they're getting disqualified. And it's worth noting that those disqualification standards weren't applied evenly to all UCP candidates. There have certainly been plenty of examples of UCP MLAs, one look only slightly north of Calgary, who have said some absolutely outrageous things as recently as the last couple of months, recently as the last couple of days. But we saw those people being hunted. We saw in Chestermere, Leela Ahir had her board attempted to be subverted and replaced. That decision was later uh, withdrawn. But there's a lot of speculation that that was done specifically to prevent Leela Ahir from getting the nomination to be the candidate for Chestermere Strathmore in the upcoming only a year away provincial election. So there was a lot of stuff that was going on in the run up to the special general meeting where UCP members were going to vote to determine whether or not they wanted Jason Kenney to continue as the premier of Alberta. Now, while all of that was going on, there were also organizations and little mini movements, for lack of a better term, that were coming together to try to say Jason Kenney is not the guy to lead the UCP. We saw an organization called Take Back Alberta 
And it's worth noting, some of the key organizers of that organization were people who were part of the unification process. And they started to sell a lot of memberships. They started to draw a lot of attention. And so shortly before the UCPA SGM, sorry, was supposed to happen, the UCP made the sudden announcement that they had decided, despite saying that mail-in ballots are not reliable, despite saying that the only way to trust the integrity of the voting process was through one person in person getting one vote, they decided that they were going to then move to a mail-in ballot system. They've provided a lot of different reasons for that. It's sometimes been security. It's been sometimes at the request of the premier. It's been all over the map, quite frankly. But the one thing that most political pundits have looked at and said about that situation is that bought Mr. Kenny more time and it set him up to be able to put a reasonable fight into maintaining the UCP leadership. That only made Albertans more angry because again, it was moving the goalposts and it was changing the rules. And a lot of people who were not UCP members just prior to that signed up before the deadline in order to say, uh, this is not how we do things in Alberta. How do we know this? Because Mr. Kenny himself has said that there's a boatload of people who signed up to be members for the leadership review who he doesn't even consider really members of the party. They're just problematic people who signed up to cause trouble. So by Mr. Kenny's own admission, we know that that's what happened. And then further in the run up to the UCP leadership review, we started to hear reports of problems. There were stories about mass memberships being purchased. There were stories of thousands of memberships being purchased with only a very small number of credit cards. When you look at that through the lens of the UCP leadership contest, back when Mr. Kenny ran against Brian Jean, back when we had the Kamikaze campaign, these were all things that were immediately brought to mind. And it's strongly suggested to people that perhaps this is what's happening again. Historically in Alberta and across most of Canada, really, when it comes to a leadership review, the percentage of votes that are required for a leader to stay on are actually very, very high. But one of the other things that happened is Mr. Kenny said, you know, as long as it's 50% plus one vote, I'll be staying on, which raised a lot of eyebrows and it raised a lot of questions. And from an, ex an expectations management game, it had people very, very confused because he was setting the bar literally at the lowest level possible. At the same time, he was talking about how he'd never lost an election. Well, yesterday we found out he technically still hasn't. He met that bar. He passed the leadership review. Just barely, though. The question that was asked in the UCP leadership review was, do you approve the current leader? 17,638 people voted yes. 16,660 people voted no. That's a difference of less than 1,000 votes. And it's worth noting 
when we try to unpack everything that's gone on over the last 36 hours, the difference between those two numbers is literally less than a quarter of the memberships that were sold in bulk and purchased with six credit cards that Elections Alberta has confirmed they're investigating. And so yesterday we saw Mr. Kenny stand up in front of the province, in front of his party, after a live stream that can only be described as a comedy of errors. I don't think there's anybody who was listening to that live stream or watching that live stream who never, ever, ever wants to hear a certain song ever again. But throughout the run-up to it, there were all kinds of gaffes as well. We had uh, a good 30 seconds of somebody coming on into a sound check through the whole live stream. But even there, we saw the goalposts being moved even more because originally the results were going to be announced between 4 and 6 p.m., which is a fairly broad window. And there were a lot of people who turned in right at 4 o'clock because you never know when they're going to get re released, right? And as things progressed, we saw multiple timelines for when the results were going to be released. Eventually, the timeline pushed it well outside that four to six o'clock window. The president of the party stood up and she didn't seem too happy. But she made it clear that because Mr. Kenny had passed with the bare minimum percentage almost, that it did not automatically trigger a leadership race. And then we heard from Mr. Kenny, who stood up and he said that he had heard from the membership and that he took this as the membership has spoken clearly, the majority exists, but it wasn't a strong enough mandate. So he was going to be stepping down as leader. And this is where things start to get really interesting because the speculation that occurred from there and continues to go on even tonight has been something to behold. Media across the country immediately started reading, releasing news stories where they were talking about how Jason Kenney had resigned and how Jason Kenney would be stepping down and how depending on the particular bent of the media outlet, there were some people who said, oh, you know, he did a great job and he had a hard time and he had lost overcome. And there were very few people who actually addressed the real errors that he made during his tenure as leadership. And then we come to today. Everybody knew that there was going to be a caucus meeting. Supposed to start in the morning, supposed to go for about two hours. And the expectation was that in that caucus meeting, the UCP caucus would choose an interim leader, somebody to be the premier and have the full powers of the premier's office while the leadership race went. That's how, on a, a cursory reading of the UCP constitution and bylaws, that's how it looks like it's supposed to go. Jason Kenney resigned. He resigned on air in front of hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions across the country. So now we're supposed to have a leadership race and now we're supposed to see an interim leader presented. But as we've seen time and time again from Jason Kenney, there's always a little wiggle room. There's always a little space to be exploited. 
And so after that caucus meeting, running for many more hours than it was supposed to, it came out at around 5.30 that the caucus had decided that they were going to reaffirm, not even reaffirm, they were affirming his leadership. They were choosing to keep him on as leader of the party and premier of the party until his resignation came into effect, which we saw shortly after that, he announced that he would be resigning only at the end of the leadership race. Now, this is where, again, the technicalities with Mr. Kenny get to be so important. Because he's continuing in his role, there is an interpretation that many leading political scientists in Alberta have already addressed that suggests that he's not the interim leader. He's just continuing on in his role. So he has, theoretically, the option to run in the leadership race. If you're familiar with leadership races, you know there's a cutoff of voting and then there's a period between the voting ending and the results being released. We saw that in this leadership review where Mr. Kenny had his leadership review. The votes closed on May 11th. And on May 18th, we got the result. That's a week. So once the votes are done in the leadership race, if Mr. Kenny chooses to, if he chooses to go down that road of running for leadership, he can resign any time in that period between the votes closing and the results being released. So it's entirely conceivable that by manipulating the intent of the UCP Constitution, he could very easily run in the UCP leadership race and then turn around, resign, potentially win the UCP leadership race, and then become the leader of the UCP again, just in time for a new provincial election. And this is actually, if you take a step back and think about it, this is an amazingly smart strategy. And it hurts to say that, but it is. Because with Mr. Kenny continuing his role as Premier of Alberta, he has from now till whenever the UCP set their leadership race Whenever they set their vote, he has from now till then to launch a charm offensive on the province of Alberta and for conservatives in Alberta. He could redo and re-up the big blue truck tour. But this time, he also has the full power and authority of the premier's office. And for the time being, at least... He appears to have the support of the UCP caucus. There's been a lot of speculation as to what's going to happen next. And at this point, it's really important to highlight. It's just that it's speculation because this roller coaster in Alberta politics has been so wildly unpredictable. It has taken so many turns and twists, many of which most people had no idea were even a possibility. We've seen today on social media and on traditional media as well. People have been expressing since the news came out that Mr. Kenny would be staying on until the end of the leadership race. 
people have been expressing their frustration because there were a lot of people last night who took to social media to express their relief and their joy that the tenure of Premier Kenny had come to an end. And there is this almost palpable sense in the air among a lot of Albertans. Thank God he can't hurt us anymore. Thank God the toxic issue managers who have doxxed private citizens, who have chased physicians out of the province, who represent the absolute worst of what can happen on social media, on the provincial dime, no less. They're gone now, except they're not. Nobody's lost their job. There's no indication that anybody will lose their job anytime soon. Because Mr. Kenny remains the premier of Alberta. What are we going to see next? There's a lot of speculation that we may see a new set of parties. We certainly know already some of the figures in the leadership race. Today we saw ex-Wild uh, Rose leader, Danielle Smith, come out on her the, the media platform with which she's affiliated, she's been working with the Western Standard for quite some time now. She's got her own show on the Western Standard. And she came out and she said, yep, I'll be running for leader of the uh, Alberta UCP. And she shared policy positions that are very, very clearly leaning much more towards the far right conservative spectrum. Some of her ideas are really quite shocking to hear. Well, I shouldn't say that because we have a, we have a federal conservative leadership race going on right now as well. And we've seen a lot of those ideas echo. So she's playing to the base, I guess. We've also seen Mr. Brian Jean announce that he will be seeking the leadership in the UCP leadership race. A lot of deja vu. There's speculation. One of the names that's been bandied around quite a bit is Michelle Rempel might potentially throw her hat in, her, in the ring. Now, she's not made any indication publicly that that's what she's going to do, which is why I call it speculation. But it changes the whole dynamic of what the next provincial election could potentially look like. Michelle Rempel, as an example, is somebody who despite having more than her share of problematic viewpoints and problematic, let's go with communication methods, has identified herself publicly as a progressive when it comes to LGBTQ2S plus issues. But she's a hardcore fiscal conservative and she'll fight against Justin Trudeau to her last breath. That could carry a lot of appeal in Alberta. There's a lot of people who are saying that in order for the UCP to experience the kind of renewal that it does, the next leader of the UCP absolutely needs to be a woman. And there's a very strong argument for that. But that also changes the whole dynamic of the next provincial election. Imagine the two biggest leaders of the provincial parties in Alberta, both being women. One of the other things that's important to realize when we're talking about what that next provincial election could very well look like is the incredible number of transient votes that occur. We saw in 2019, a party like the Alberta Party got a huge number of votes. Votes that they didn't get 
in the last election. That represents a segment of the population that's willing to move. That represents a segment of the population that's willing to be convinced. We're talking about almost a million voters. Where are they going to go? Well, some people say they might stay with the Alberta Party. But to date, the Alberta Party has only nominated one candidate. And that's their leader. When we take a look at what the fundraising numbers have been over the last little while, the UCP and the NDP are head and shoulders above everybody else. The Alberta Party and any of the other parties would have to run an incredible ground game starting yesterday in order to get anywhere near the vote share that they got in the last provincial election. Are we going to see a new set of parties pop up? There's a lot of speculation that it's possible that there would be UCP MLAs who would step away, particularly with Mr. Kenny now staying as leader of the UCP, now staying as premier of Alberta, because there's a lot of people who are saying that UCP MLAs should be very, very concerned about the fact that if they are publicly on board with this move, if they're publicly on board with supporting Mr. Kenny, they're going to wear that all the way into the next election. And that's something that a lot of people are saying could very well be the end of their political careers. But one can't help but wonder, given the toxicity that we've seen from Mr. Kenny's uh, government, given the fact that his own staffers and press secretaries in his government have publicly mocked UCP MLAs who have expressed differences of opinion, given all of those things, how many UCP MLAs really want to stick around? Clearly, Brian Jean is not going to be creating a new party and leading one. There's been a lot of speculation on social media about that. But the man has said that he wants to run in the UCP leadership race, which four months, six months, who knows? But he's certainly not going to burn those bridges with the UCP at this point. And not be able to run for UCP leadership. It's important to realize that as much as there was a poor showing in the uh, results of this leadership review, that historically, when conservatives are pissed, they don't show up. And so the fact that almost half of the membership who was eligible to vote didn't could only possibly could only mean that these people just didn't want to they didn't want to be bothered. The UCP saw a tremendous amount of growth coming out of the uh, SGM. Are they going to be able to continue that? Historically, leadership races occur for a variety of reasons. But one of the side benefits is every single candidate who wants to be able to have a shot at being the next leader sells memberships like stink. And in fact, we saw publicly the Alberta Party when they had their last leadership race that got rid of Greg Clark. One of the motivations for doing so, publicly stated, was to grow the party, to get more memberships, to give them a shot at being the next party in Alberta. Clearly didn't work out. So there's a whole lot of questions that still need answers. 
But one of the things that has to be abundantly clear to anybody who's been paying attention to this leadership review process or even Alberta politics for the last couple of years is that Mr. Kenny will find every loophole. He will find every little way to twist the lettering of a thing in order to further his own cause. And that's what we saw today with the announcement that he was staying on as premier and leader of the UCP. How many UCP MLAs at this point are going to stick around? There were 10 who publicly said that they didn't want Jason Kenney to be the next to, to stay on as leader. They wanted him to step down. There's a boatload who have said that they don't support his leadership. Now that he's pulled this kind of halfway resignation, this is where we're going to see where the rubber meets the road. Mr. Kenny was very clear, even in his not concession concession speech, that he expected all members of the party to get in line, that he expected all members of the government to get in line. How many are going to get in line? It's going to be fascinating to watch over the next little while. It has been a crazy one and a half days in Alberta politics. But if there's one thing that we can be certain of, this is just the beginning. Because we are going to see one of two things, for sure. We are either going to see a Jason Kenney that is going to leverage everything that he has. He is going to leverage every piece of opportunity that exists for him inside the premier's office and outside the premier's office over the next little while to convince people that he should be reelected as the leader of the UCP. We could very well be looking at a few months of a charm offensive targeted to the same UCP base that voted him out, which for progressives isn't a great thing. We could very easily be seeing that over the next couple of months. Or we could see a Jason Kenney with nothing to lose. We could see a Jason Kenney who came into office with a legislative agenda who knows, has already decided that he's not going to run again. He's going to get as much as he can for his agenda out of the premier's office before the leadership race ends. Over the last three years, Albertans have seen a UCP government that has been checked only by public outcry. We could very well be seeing a Jason Kenney for whom public outcry means nothing. His federal pension will keep him covered for years. And as we've seen with the revolving door of lobbyists and government officials, there's unquestionably no shortage of opportunities for him in the private sector in Canada or in the United States. He said himself he doesn't need this job. There's very little reason to believe that he's going to stick around for it when he doesn't need to. Those are really the only two certainties that Albertans can look at right now. One of those two things is going to happen. 
And it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out from there. If anybody has any thoughts that they want to share, if anybody has any points, or if you want to call uh, call me out on some of the things that I've said here, by all means, please click on the little microphone in the bottom left-hand corner of your phone if you're listening on a phone. Um, and we can make you a speaker for a few minutes, and you can. I, I would love nothing more than to hear how much of this I've gotten wrong. Because the other thing that's an absolute certainty, the one thing that we know for sure, as well as what the two likely Kennys that we're going to be looking at are, is that all of the oxygen in the room just got sucked into the UCP for the next year. It's going to be fascinating to see how any other parties, even the NDP, are going to be able to cut through the, the noise of a leadership race and cut through the noise of all of the controversy that we're certainly going to see around Mr. Kenny one way or the other. How does any other provincial party get themselves any media time? How do they separate themselves from that, that pack when all of the oxygen has just been sucked out of the room and is going to be used by the UCP for the next year? That's going to be a fascinating thing to behold one way or the other. And we're certainly going to see all of the provincial parties, like the Alberta party, like the NDP, possibly the Liberals. We might see the Buffalo party. And again, I just got to say, can we please call a bison a bison in this province? Everybody uses that logo and calls it a buffalo, and it just makes me crazy. But the new Buffalo party, we could easily see trying to separate themselves from the pack. We saw a statement come out from the, the Wild Rose Independence Party. The leader today came out and said, I'm, I have no interest in, in running for the UCP. I'm committed to Alberta separation. There's a lot of players out there, but how they're going to be able to cut through the noise of the UCP machine at full tilt and all of the high-profile candidates at full tilt and all of the, Lord knows, fascinating things they're going to say. Uh, we, we have Danielle Smith is the candidate who on her radio show put out a tweet that said hydroxychloroquine 100% cures COVID in six days. It's clearly not true. That's been disproven seven ways of Sunday. But... That's the kind of rhetoric that we can expect from the candidates that we already know about. And there's even more coming. It's going to be a challenge for everybody to try to cut through the noise and to cut through, quite frankly, the bullshit to figure out what's going to be going on in the province of Alberta for the next year, let alone the four years that come after that next provincial election going to require effort it's going to require work but that is what is required of citizens who want better so the way that i want to end this episode is just by saying if you believe that alberta that you that your family that your kids deserve better than all of the things that i listed off at the beginning of the episode 
to say nothing of the problems that we're already facing. We know we've got a healthcare system in crisis. We know we've got an education system in crisis. We know we've got a curriculum that may or may not be forced through even faster than we expected. Because now we potentially are looking at, Kenny, at a Kenny with nothing to lose. Our, if you believe that we deserve better than that, even on the days where you're exhausted and you're tired, it's going to require all of us to show up. Because what we've seen for the last three years is a government that doesn't believe it needs to be held accountable, led by a man who demonstrated beyond any shadow of a doubt today that he doesn't believe that he needs to be held accountable. I want to say a big thank you to everybody who tuned in tonight. I want to say a big thank you to everybody who is listening to the podcast version as well. And as always, here comes the plug. If you appreciate the kind of content that we're trying to produce here at The Breakdown, we would love nothing more than if you considered signing up to be one of our Patreon sponsors at www.patreon.com slash thebreakdownab.com. B. It is because of our Patreon sponsors that we're able to buy the toys that we do uh, and are able to do the kind of content creation that we do. And for the price of even just a fancy cup of coffee a month, you can help us continue to do that. We're going to be back again on Sunday and we're going to be changing up the live streaming just a little bit because Sunday is going to mark the first day that we try to push this show out live video at the same time. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Take care of yourselves and keep the conversation going.